Welcome, friends, to Bound Sisters, a monthly book club with Kelly, Jill, and Miranda. We are three sisters with busy lives, setting aside time to connect through books and fun conversation. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you have fun, too. Okay, so this month's book is called Once Upon a Broken Heart by Stephanie Garber. Basically, it's about this girl who has a broken heart. And there's this, what they call fates, which are like magical people, I guess, who are immortal. And she approaches this fate guy who she's hoping can get her back with her supposed one true love guy who is now marrying somebody else. Um, And it doesn't go as she planned. So they live in this magical land where... And she works in this shop of curiosities that her father owns. The book starts kind of from the point of view of the doorbell. Um, You know, like when you walk through a shop and the the door rings the bell. Um, And so it starts at the point of view of this doorbell. And this doorbell is supposedly magic. And it can alert people. Sometimes they'll ring by themselves. So this doorbell sees this guy coming up to the door. And he knows that the guy is trouble. And so it rings before the guy even walks through the door to tell the girl who's working at the shop that this guy is no good. But the girl interprets the bell opposite of what its intentions (laughs) were. She's like, oh, this probably is something that's supposed to be really good for me in my life. And that's kind of where the story starts. And then you find out that the girl's name is Evangeline. And she, I don't, I don't know that it actually tells you this, but she ends up dating this guy who walks into the bookshop and she thinks that he is her one true love, but um, plot twist, he decides to go and marry somebody else. So she's brokenhearted. She's convinced that magic is at play and that um, he couldn't have possibly left her for her stepsister. And um, he's probably cursed. And so she goes to um, the Prince of Hearts. His, she finds herself at his temple and um, she prays to his statue and he shows up in the temple and they have this conversation about he is apparently uh, somebody who had his heart broken, but now he's just kind of like not into love. He's like, love is he's skeptical of it. And um, so she's telling him the story about how her boyfriend um, is probably bewitched and he never would have left her. And he's like, well, maybe um, he just did. Like, maybe <laughs> maybe he's not the guy you think he is. He he tries to talk her. He tries to talk her out of making a deal with him. Like, he yeah. tries to be like, um, maybe this is just sucks and maybe this is how it turned out she's like no he was in love with me and he we we, uh, all of this stuff and he's like okay whatever so they make a deal he decides that she owes him three kisses for stopping the wedding that was the deal like it was almost like um making a deal with a genie or something like you that's what i never know what you're gonna get when you get your wish granted so she makes a deal with the prince of hearts the fate 
and he's gonna stop the wedding. But she does specifically say like nobody can die, right? Like he because not to hurt anybody, right? Because like you said, like he could he could interpret stop the wedding however he wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so she didn't want anybody to die as a result of him stopping the wedding. Yeah, so I think she had like an idea that they could be tricky. But she didn't, like, think through her entire wish before she wished it. So, but he he decides that she owes him three kisses. And she's like, uh, I don't want to kiss you because the legend is that anybody who kisses him dies. Um, so she's like, I don't want to die either. So <laughs> I can't kiss you. He's like, I don't want you to kiss me. I want you to kiss whoever I decide I want you to kiss. And so in her brain, she thinks that these are, like, romantic kisses and... Um, she's like, oh, well, Luke, who's the guy who she's in love with, um, Luke will forgive me for having to do these kisses because, um, I will have stopped the wedding to my stepsister and I will have broken the curse and all of this stuff and his life will have been better for it. So he won't care. So she agrees and, um, he like bites her. (laughs) Yeah, that was weird. (laughs) Like, on her arm? Yeah, he yeah. bites her, and then, like, the three kisses show up on her yeah, arm. Yeah, it's like it's like marks of how many kisses she has left. So then she ends up back at the wedding somehow. I don't remember how she gets from here to there. But she shows up at the wedding, and everybody is made of stone. And Luke, the guy, is, like, barely, like, turning into stone. And so she gets to see, I don't think he can speak, but she gets to see, like, his facial reactions to things. Um, before he turns all the way into stone. And then the Prince of Hearts is there and he's like, I stopped the wedding. You're welcome. <laughs> and she's like, no, this isn't what I wanted. And he's like, well, I stopped the wedding. So <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, but she realizes there's like a chalice on the ground and um, it says poison on it. And she goes to drink it. And he's like, no, don't drink it. She's like, Well, if I drink this, I don't know how in her brain this made sense, but in her brain, it made sense that if she drank... I think he tells her, doesn't he? Yeah, he says, he tells her that she can unfreeze everybody if she drinks the punch. The poison. And then, but she'll turn into stone and she's like, that's okay because Luke loves me enough that he'll figure out how to unturn me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So she drinks it and he's like, no, don't drink it. And she's like, I'm going to drink it. He's like, don't drink it. Don't do it. And then she drinks it. And then like she turns. The line that he says that I really liked was he said, heroes don't get happy endings. They give them. Yeah. And so he was like, you're doing this because you want your happy ending with the boy that you love, but you're being the hero and heroes don't get happy endings. So he's like, this is not going to work out the way that you think it is. (laughs) But she's like, nope. He's going to save me. So she drinks it and turns into a stone. And plot twist. He doesn't save her. (laughs) (laughs) She ends up being stoned for like six weeks and she wakes up in a castle with the lab under the basement. A laboratory. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She's like, where's everybody? (laughs) Where another fate has like figured out how to bring her back to life because it was actually his poison that made her turn to stone in the first place and his name is poison weird (laughs) and um and so he does the antidote and she comes back and she's like i'm so confused like (laughs) (laughs) why all of this stuff and um luke should have saved me and he probably did he like 
So she's like so confused why this boy that she loved didn't figure out. And it had been six weeks and her family is like downstairs waiting for her to wake up. But Luke is nowhere to be found. Like he's not there waiting for her. And um, she, she, she just convinces herself like the whole time that something else is going on and that he's really not the, um, the boy he seems that he is. And that he really does love her and all of this stuff. But um, he's not there. Her dad um, is dead. Is he's dead. been dead. Was he dead before? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So her dad. Her mom and her dad have been dead. And she just lives with her stepmom and her stepsister. Mm-hmm. And I really thought this was going to turn into like a Cinderella story. And I'm glad it didn't. <laughs> I was like, I'm not interested. <laughs> I don't want it. Oh, so, like, every once in a while in the book, you get, like, these newspaper headings and, like, a short little blip of this newspaper. The rumor. Yeah. So, the newspaper guy is there to take her statement so that he can write a story about it. And he- Yeah, well, so in her six weeks of being a stone, like, she's become, like, well-known as this hero who saved her family. Yeah. Well, because for all they know, that's what happened. And so, and really, I mean, the whole time in my head, I'm like, she really is the hero that saved her family. In her brain, she's like, no, I caused this. But she could have very easily just been like, good luck. Well, that stinks. (laughs) (laughs) And just left them stoned. But she didn't. She still sacrificed herself, not knowing like that she was ever going to not be stoned again. Hoping yeah. the guy she loved would figure it out. But um, so in my brain, she still is like this hero that people are saying that she is. They just don't know what had caused like the need for the heroic action. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but so he's writing this story and he takes things out of context from what she says like they do. And um, so she he makes her out to be... Um, this this benevolent person she's like well i would have done or i did what anybody else would have done in my situation and that was like the thing he ran with so her stepmother decides her stepmother who had not been very nice to her at all ever no which is why i thought this was gonna be a cinderella situation (laughs) decides that she's gonna like put out an ad and accept applications for her husband like for Evangeline's husband. Yeah. And so like her stepsister. So her first, the wedding, everybody got turned into stone. Then a week later, they tried a week later. Something like that. They tried to get married again. And Luke gets attacked by a wolf and he's like mauled and disfigured. So her, her sis, her stepsister has now been titled the cursed bride and nobody wants to marry her stepsister. So the stepmother has kind of turned to Evangeline as like, their only hope now for like raising up a class. Yeah. Yeah. So, but so Evangeline, okay. And then Evangeline tries to go to the curiosity shop with which her dad had left to her mm-hmm. and finds out that her stepmother in her absence has sold her store to somebody else. And now she's like, what the heck? And, the reason she had gone to the store is because she found a note from Luke saying, meet me at the shop, but it, she wasn't sure if it was old or not. Well, it turns out it was old. Luke's nowhere to be found still. His family is missing. He's missing. Everybody's gone. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. She went to his house, like, every single day for, like, several days, and they ignored her. Yeah. And then, like, she went one time, and then she, like, couldn't hear anything in the house, and the whole house was, like, empty. <laughs> They're like, yeah, stop bugging us. We're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> she goes back to her house where her stepmother lives, and she sees, like, this line of people, and she realizes that these men have, like, filled out physical applications <laughs> to be her husband. And she's like, mm, no. <laughs> so she, like, stands up and makes this whole show about how they need to go away. And she's not going to be marrying any of them. And her stepmom gets so mad and she does a total 180 because she pretends that she's this nice, like, loving stepmother and she totally turns around in that moment and turns into the wicked witch that she really is. <laughs> Evangeline. Um, okay. So she has like, she was born with this like pink hair and her parents told her this story about how they um, found her on the doorstep one day and she just was just there. <laughs> like there, that was her origin story was that, she was given to them. And um, so I don't know if she actually believed that or if she just thought that her parents were being funny. I think that she said she kind of said it was like a joke they would make when she was like because she's so different. Yeah. Like she just looks she's got like fair skin and this pink hair. And um, when Jax, the Prince of Hearts, saw her in the temple, he kind of like noticed her hair that it was different. Um and the author meant to, like, she made and, like, mentioned to, like, actually acknowledge that he had noticed that. And so it kind of makes you think that it's important to the story that she has this hair. Mm -hmm. Everybody, like, remarks on her hair. Her hair is naturally, like, this pink color. So the, um, the empress and her sister, like, summon her to their palace. She goes to meet with them for tea or whatever. Like you do. <laughs> and they're like, hey, you're awesome. And we think that it would be a really good idea for you to represent our empire at this, like, fiasco over here in the Northern Lands where the prince, what's it? It was more of like an event. Um, Apollo. Apollo, where he, like, chooses his bride. It's like this, it is kind of like Cinderella. <laughs> Or she, like, goes to the ball and he has to, like, dance with all the girls to, like, decide. But apparently this could go on forever. Until he picks. Like, there's a, it's a party until he picks somebody. Yeah. Like, this event could literally just be a party forever if he chooses not to choose a bride. But the weird thing about going to the North is that people who go to the North, like, don't remember what happens there. Oh, wait. We missed an important part. So while she was in stone, there was, like, this week of, like, the fates just, like, wrecking havoc all over the place it was like awful and so then they were all um like kicked out of this empire and when she got unstoned when she got turned back to a human poison told her that um she was going to be drawn to Jax, the prince of hearts that like he was gone but he was not gone out of her life. Like, she was going to be drawn to him at, like, some point. Mm -hmm. And so when she got asked to go be part of the, like, represent the empire for this thing, she was, like, contemplating saying no because she was like, what if this is me, like, being drawn 
to wherever Jax is. Mm -hmm. But she ultimately decides to do it because she wants the opportunity to find love. And she also asks to take Marisol, her stepsister, with her. So that she also, because she still feels bad that, like, now Marisol's being called the cursed bride because of her actions to stop the wedding. So she feels bad for her stepsister. Mm -hmm. Well, and she blames herself for Luke getting mauled by that wolf because she's, like... She thinks it was Jax who was made that happen trying to stop the wedding. To get married again. Mm -hmm. So I think her idea, so she decides to, to take on this role as like representative and go to this thing. And her stepmother apparently is not just only terrible to her, but she's also terrible to her actual child. Mm -hmm. So the whole trip there, Evangeline is kind of telling um, all of these stories about the Northern Kingdom to Marisol and she's like, she's never heard these before. Like her mother didn't tell her bedtime stories, like nothing. Like, so this is a whole new ball game for her. And and Evangeline knows all these stories because her mom is from the Northern Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. And so these are just stories that her mom knew from growing up. And so she was telling them to her daughter. Well, wouldn't she read them from a book? No, because, because... the North's history is cursed. And so sometimes when like, some stories are written, the paper bursts out in flames. Or, like, there's the one Fox story where if you read it, you can't remember the end of the story. Or Yeah, like, the end of the story is never the same. Yeah. So, okay. Well, and, like, so, like, they have to travel by boat to this kingdom. And there's this... Um... Arch. Arches are, like, really important to this kingdom. <laughs> there's arches everywhere. There's arches everywhere. And then, like, statues. Arches and statues everywhere. <laughs> and as she's going through, she can, like, hear the statues whispering to her. Mm -hmm. And the archways, like, whispering to her. Like, oh, we've been waiting for you. And that would freak me out. <laughs> you don't like walls talking to you? Right. No, I don't like, I don't. But she kind of, I like, just why. passes it off because she's like, well, the North is magical. So <laughs> this, this is normal. <laughs> This is probably normal. <laughs> and like there's this um, superstition. I don't know if it's real or if it's just the superstition, but you're not supposed to say anything as you're like traveling into the Northern Kingdom. Like you're supposed to be completely silent. So the whole boat is like <laughs> silent as they're going through this archway into the Northern Kingdom. I think like they would, the ancient rulers would steal something from you or something. The archway is like magical. And if you talk when you go through it, then the magic like somehow can get out with you. Yeah. It's oh, like, like, open, like it cracks it open. Yeah. Right. Your like voice, like almost kind of like pokes holes is the way I imagined it. Like there was like a magical invisible wall. And if you spoke, your body could go through it. But if you spoke while you went through it, it opened up holes. It and probably has something to do with the curse of, like, their history or something. Probably. That, that's why it would do that. But, um, so her and her sister show up, and somebody from the kingdom meets them and takes them to their hotel and sets them up in their suites and all of this stuff. And um, they go shopping, and she takes her around, and Marisol decides that she wants to go off on her own for a minute, so she does that. And then they meet up back at the place the um, hotel room and Evangeline is invited to the first event. Marisol is not invited. So she has to stay home and Evangeline is invited to this um, dance party. It's like a dinner. Yeah. 
dinner situation. And so she goes in and she immediately like knows that Jax is there. Mm-hmm. Her right? wrist is like tingling or burning or something. Like Harry Potter. Where it's like Cinderella her. meets Harry Potter. <laughs> That's what this is. <laughs> and so her, her, where he bit her starts to tingle or burn or something. And so she's like, where is he? So she starts looking around for him. And finally, he, she sees him, and she's, like, all alone. She doesn't know anybody. Yeah, but and everybody's kind of, like, doesn't want to talk to her. And they're, like, ostracizing her. Because all of these people are royalty, right? And she's yeah. not. Yeah. And so she sees this other person across the room who is also by themselves. And so she decides that they should be friends. Yeah. So she goes over to this other person. And at first, she's kind of, like, snooty, I think. Like, in my brain, she was kind of snooty, like... Yeah, like she didn't really want to talk to Evangeline. So, but eventually they become friendly and she starts telling him about uh, people in the room. Like this girl knows things, but everybody else just kind of like shuns her and we don't figure out why for a minute. And so they become friends. She notices uh, the Prince of Hearts, Jack's across the room and she's like, oh, that guy is trouble. Um, but he's friends with the prince, apparently. They're like best friends. And he looks different now. He, is, he originally had blonde hair and now he has like blue hair and his face is slightly different. But she can tell, still, she still knows that it's him. So, and then he comes up to her, right? I think she's talking with Lala and he comes over to talk to them both, maybe? I don't remember. They get together in the party. <laughs> Somehow they become acquainted again. And everybody is kind of like whispering that she is talking to this guy because everybody knows who he is. And um, he like gets really close, like they're super intimate. And um, then he takes her up to meet the prince. And she finds out that the prince is the first person that Jax wants her to kiss. And she's worried that if she kisses the prince, because, you know, like from her experience, doing what he says doesn't end up well for her. And she's like, I don't want to kill anybody. And he's like, why well, would I kill So she, he like cuts himself on his blade and he puts the blood on her lips. Also weird. Oh yeah. And then <laughs> he's like, you can't, you have to let it absorb into your lips. Like you can't like clean it off. And so she's like, I have his magic now and his kisses kill people. So does that mean that my kisses are not like, it's going to kill this person. Mm-hmm. And he also tells her that if he if she doesn't kiss somebody, then she'll die. If she, if doesn't, she doesn't kiss, kiss him, him by the end of the night, she'll die. Yeah. So she's like, dang it. <laughs> the prince is like up high in this balcony and there's like a painter down low. And she notices that the painter is like painting the prince, like <laughs> hanging over the balcony, surveying his <laughs> um, prospects. He's like laying on the railings, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very weird <laughs> he sounds very like full of himself like he's yeah because they also mentioned that like his castle is full of paintings of, of himself him doing things yeah <laughs> like laying on a railing <laughs> i think lala even says like this is not um like this is totally normal for this to be happening that yeah. he's, like lounging around and somebody's painting him doing his life like, yeah. <laughs> then it just like uh, finds a place on his wall somewhere <laughs> so she goes up to like meet the prince and he kind of when she meets him he's kind of like oh not interested yeah cool your hair's pink like <laughs> and 
Like the conversation, like she's not, she's not the girl who's just like, oh, I'm just going to do whatever you want. Like she kind of has more of a voice and opinions and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, she's not demure at all. Like she's not. Yeah. And so she's kind of like using her voice and stuff and the prince isn't really interested in that. And so he's like, she can sense that he's about to send her away. And so she's like, okay, I need to kiss him now before it's too late. And so she like kisses him and the prince kind of like backs off a little bit, but then he starts kissing her some more. And then like Jax like comes up and like interrupts him and then takes. Yeah. Jax is like, okay, I've seen enough. (laughs) He's he's, like in the room with them and she she was freaking out that her kiss was going to kill the prince. And to, like, reassure her, he kept saying, like, I'm not going to have, like, I wouldn't have you kill somebody when I'm in the room. Like, yeah. if I want you to kill somebody, I'm not going to be anywhere near you when it happens. Like, <laughs> I don't want anybody to point to me saying that it was my fault. So. <laughs> so, and then the prince is, like, madly in love with her. And, well, like, so she he just kind of has a weird look in his eye when she leaves. And then the next day, there's another event because this is going to go on until he picks somebody. And Marisol is invited to, like, this dance. And so, like, the whole point of this event is that the prince is supposed to dance with, like, five women. And so he walks in and he makes, like, a little He announces speech. that he's only going to dance with one girl, I think. Yeah. He rides in on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> declares that he's only going to dance with one woman. And that he's, like, looking and she thinks that he's looking at her. And Lala's like, he's looking at you. she like pretty much steps forward like okay i'll dance with you i guess (laughs) but then he like goes to a girl that's like standing slightly in front of her and she's like awkward (laughs) (laughs) so he dances with this other girl and then after that which this would be so awful after he finishes dancing with this girl he walks over to and proposes I thought it was a weird moment. I was like, what is happening right now? I imagined her like standing at the punch bowl or something, like going to get a drink at a (laughs) middle school party. Like after she just got denied for a dance and like everybody's giggling at her. behind her back. Like, (laughs) and he makes a speech about how the law says I must dance with one girl and I wouldn't have made it through the dance if I had danced with you. That's why I didn't pick you. There's like weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really weird excuse for having done that to me just now. <laughs> yeah. So this prince has gone from like not really interested about to send her away to like head over heels in love with her overnight. Mm-hmm. So she's like, that was because of my kiss. It had to have been. But she still goes along with it. She's yeah. Like, she still says that she'll marry him. Yeah. Well, I think that she is thinking that it could like. It, one part of her is like, this is because of the kiss. And then the other part of her is like, maybe he's my true love. If it was me, I wouldn't, I would have been like, cool. He's in love with me. And just, <laughs> just she, they like plan to get married like within the week, right? Yeah. And she yeah, spends so. the week like fretting about like, what do I do? Should I break the spell? Because he doesn't really love me. Or do I just let him live his life being in this spell. And the whole time I was thinking, I was like, just let him love you. (laughs) Well, and Jax, like, she talks to Jax about it, and he's like, well, I can, like, break it, but he's going to be extremely heartbroken and, like, won't be able to function as a human if I do that. 
Yeah. <laughs> and he's not like, it's not like he's mean or like, cause they start writing things about, uh, the newspaper starts writing stuff about her stepsister, like mean things. And so she's like, she's like, tell them to stop writing this stuff about my sister-in-law. And he's like, or my, my stepsister. And he's like, whatever will make you happy, I will do it. And I'm like, sold. Like, you can be cursed for the rest of your life. I don't care. <laughs> I think she just starts to get annoyed with, like, how much oh, he's always doing for like her. Singing outside her balcony every single night. Yeah, or, like, every day he's like, here's a horse. Here's... Yeah, well, she's not really getting to know him. Like, yeah. he's just, like, being this... Like, he's courting her, but there she's not, like, getting to know him. And she feels like it's ne- it can't be true love if they don't actually know each other. Which makes sense. Yeah, fair <laughs> point. I love this scene, though, where he's, like, it's the night before their wedding. And he's outside her balcony, like, singing. And she's like, I think we need to talk. And he's just, like... <laughs> Scales the wall. The wall. <laughs> and he's like in her room. And I love how she's just like, oh, I thought you would use the door. Like, <laughs> she's like, that's that's not what I had planned, but all right, you're here now. <laughs> I loved it. And then he's like, he is just like, okay, I guess we're going to like sleep together because you invited me to your room. And she's like, oh, no. Like, I really did just want to talk. She's like, that's also not what I had planned. (laughs) But he does end up staying the night, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 She just kind of wants to enjoy being in love with him because she's like, tomorrow Jax is going to break this. So (laughs) I'm I'm just going to enjoy this. So I'm curious, Miranda, because when you started reading the book, you asked if anybody else was reading it because you had suspicions about something. Do you remember? Yes, um, I was we pretty far into the book. No. Okay, because I want to know what your submissions were. Okay. Um, but anyways, yeah, so they spend the night together, and then they wake up the next day, and they get ready for their wedding. She walks down the aisle. She marries him. She's got oh, this wait, wedding dress. There's the part um, in the week where she does the second kiss, where Jax takes her to... Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's a big so, part. Like, but, like, there's a bunch of people who are really mad that she's the one who got asked. And one person in particular was, like, this um, mother of a girl who would have been eligible to marry. I, wasn't it the mother of the girl that danced with him? I think so. Maybe. Um, but she's, like, really, really upset about it. So much so that she could possibly, like, be wanting to kill Evangeline because of it. And the and newspapers takes- were, like, suggesting that there's people who are looking to kill her. Oh, and so then he, the prince, like, sends guards to her house or to or her, her hotel. hotel room, like, sets up shop. And then I think at that point he asked her to move into the palace or something. Yeah. Um, so that he could protect her better because the newspapers are saying that people want to kill her. Mm-hmm. And so Jax, like, is like, okay, well, uh, let's go to this girl's house and... Um, meet with her mom and she's like well she wants me dead like why am I meeting with her he's like it's fine um you'll just give her a kiss and she's like no wait um (laughs) how is this gonna happen yeah she's like I'm engaged (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah I'm engaged I can't be kissing anybody I think that was before he told her it was like the mom 
or something. And he's like, yeah. you just need to kiss her on the cheek. And he's like, she's or like, oh, I'm not going to get close enough to her cheek without <laughs> her killing me. And so they go into the house and the staff lets them in and they're waiting for her. And she shows up with these two dogs, <laughs> like ready to attack Evangeline. And um, Evangeline gets close enough to her and then, like, touches her wrist or something? I think she kisses her hand. Jack said her cheek or her hand would have been acceptable. Okay. So she kisses her, and then all of a sudden the dogs love Evangeline and want to, like, love all over her. And then the mom, the lady, is, like, the nicest person ever. And She wants to, like, do anything that Evangeline asks and is, like, sad if she can't do what Evangeline wants. So, like, Evangeline asks her, Jax wants her to show them um, the vault or whatever. Apparently, there's something in the vault that Jax wants. And so he wants her to take them down there. But mean lady would not have ever taken them down And there. she she tried to fight it. Like, she when she was talking, she didn't want to. But Evangeline was able to, like, convince her. Mm-hmm. I think she had to directly ask her to do it like specifically like she couldn't just like around the like bush if- like try to get her to do it like she had to ask her directly and say this is something i want you to do and then she did it and so then they go down into the vault and there's this archway arches <laughs> that's apparently a door somewhere um and it can only be unlocked with the lady's blood except for it whispers you could have unlocked me too and she's like what again doorways and walls are talking to her and this is weird so this archway isn't even supposed to be in her house like they're like forbidden or something and so when they go down into the vault and jack sees the archway he's like i'm not the only one who's been misbehaving um and the matriarch is what they call her she's like pleading with Evangeline to not tell anybody that this thing is here. And then she told she tells them about the the Valors. And it, it seems like different people know different things about the Valors and what they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this family apparently knows something about them. The Valors were like the original rulers. Royal, royal family. Nobody remembers their history because for it's some cursed. reason... The Valors did something and then their history got cursed. All they know is that they were beheaded and that they used to make these archways and these archways are often, they like have special keys, whether it's like somebody's blood or a prophecy where you have to like meet every single line in the prophecy in order to be able to open it. Uh, it says the archways um, serve as portals to faraway and unreachable places. As doors, they are impenetrable. Once locked, an archway can only be opened with the proper type of key. If a sealed arch is destroyed, there's no finding what's on the other side. And then, so Jax keeps saying stuff about the archways, and the matriarchs keeps saying, those are lies. Like, so, for some reason, what Jax thinks is not what other people think. But Jax is, like, way older than literally anybody, right? Yeah. So, I don't know why... I don't know why anybody would be like, liar! That did, It didn't happen that way. I mean, I don't know if he was around the North at the time. Oh, yeah, there was. Okay, so there was cauldrons and bottles and dangling wooden spoons labeled with things like only stir clockwise and never use after dark. 
So it was okay. So this family made these flavored waters that like um, made you feel certain ways. So it could like you could drink a bottle of happy or a bottle of sad or a bottle of curiosity, like a bottle of truth or whatever. And so I think that's what they're looking for, right? They're wait, no. Well, that's the room they go into. So the matriarch brings them through the arch. They walk into this kind of like potions room and Evangeline starts like basically teasing Jax and she's like, tell me what your plan is. What are we looking for? Like, is your plan so weak that you can't tell me? And then he's like, fine, tell the matriarch that I'm looking for stones and I want to see her collection. I know at that point, at some point, the matriarch tells Evangeline about the, the prophecy. Yeah, she kind of, like, breaks from this trance that she's in. I think it's she, like, notices her hair finally. Yeah, so she just kind of, like, breaks out of this trance. And she starts freaking out. And she's like, you're not supposed to be in here. You're not supposed to be in here. And then she almost just starts chanting this prophecy of, like, of, like I don't remember what the exact words are. But, like, the girl with rose gold hair um was a peasant and and a princess princess at the same time and she like keeps saying those two lines like you can't open the valor's arch or whatever she they are kind of like we need to go and Jax ends up like hitting the older lady in the head with a vase or a rock or something Mm -hmm. and knocks her out I don't think they killed her. He was about to kill her, no, but, but she was like, don't! He was about to kiss her. <laughs> but Evangeline yeah. didn't yeah. want them to. So then they so they leave. And so now Evangeline has this, like, prophecy in her head. These, like, two lines of, like, she rose gold hair. She starts to put together the pieces of why Jack specifically even, like, showed up in the temple to help her. Like, even wanted to, her involved in any of this is because she is the girl in the prophecy and he's kind of like making these things happen mm-hmm. um, where she was a peasant and then now she's, you know, engaged to become a princess, but she doesn't know what his end goal is. And I feel like she, in her brain, she still wants her happily ever after. And so she doesn't want to not marry the prince because of this, because mm-hmm. she just really wants to be married to the prince. Mm-hmm. And she's not in love with the prince, but she does think that she could be in love with the prince. And she's like, maybe if we break the spell, the prince would still love me if he gave me a chance. And so um, Jax agrees that like after the wedding, the he'll break the spell. And so they go through with the wedding. They're dancing at the reception afterwards. And she's just kind of like waiting. She's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Is he going to be nice? Is he going to be this awful person who's so upset? Is he going to be disappointed? Like, she just doesn't know. And she's waiting to, like, the moment when she can tell that he the spell's no longer, like, in effect. And the prince is like, well, I'm kind of done with this party. Like, let's go up to the wedding room. And she's like, well, she, like, tells him she has to do something. She Yeah, she, like, tells him to go up and she'll meet him up there. And so she goes and she finds Jax. And he, like, again, does he do the blood thing again? I don't to break think so. the spell? I think he's just like, I will break it. Well, she has to kiss him. <laughs> she has to kiss him. He says, as long as you kiss him before the sun rises, the spell will be broken. If you don't kiss him, then he's oh, going to yeah. love you forever. Oh, but she did mention that the first time she put he put blood on her lips when he when she kissed the prince the first time, it was like sweet. Mm-hmm. And then the second time it was bitter. 
Yeah, so she, like, makes her way to, like, the wedding room, and the whole time she's kind of still thinking, like, am I going to kiss him and, like, break the spell, or am I just going to, like, try to avoid kissing my husband until sunrise? And so she gets to the room, and she's, like, awkward, and there's, like, some wine, and so she's, like, drinking, but she doesn't want to drink too much, because she doesn't want to be drunk. Apollo's also, like, covered in oil. And he's got a giant (laughs) tattoo with her name on his chest. Yeah. And he's, like, I mean, he's ready to go, like, (laughs) so she, like, gets in, she's, like, oh, hold on, hold on, let me, let me, like, get a drink, I'm kind of thirsty. So she's, like, drinking this wine that tastes disgusting, (laughs) and... Then they, like, make their way to the bed, and she decides, okay, I'm just going to kiss him. And so she kisses him, and then almost within, like, a couple seconds, his face, he just looks, like, heartbroken. And he's like, what did you do to me? And, like, his heart is hurting, and he ends up, like, dying on her bedroom floor. Well, so then she gets, like, really mad, thinking that Jax, like, killed him. Mm-hmm. And then she keeps remembering, like, Jack said that if he was going to have her kill somebody, that he wouldn't be in the room. She's like, Jack wasn't in the room. So yeah. obviously I killed him. Like, all of this made sense. But I think we forgot to um, talk about Marisol because Jack's had a conversation with Marisol while um, after or during the whole ball where the prince proposed to her. Mm-hmm. Like, So Jax was, like, conversing with Marisol and... Um, Then he approaches Evangeline and he's like, your stepsister is not who you think she is. (laughs) And she's like, what are you even talking about? She is the sweetest person of all time. And I ruined her life and all of this stuff. And he's like, she's just not who you think she is. Like, she's really (laughs) not somebody that you should be close with. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Evangeline's like, shut up. Like, you're dumb. But these, I think he like plants these things in her brain and then they just keep coming up. And so then now she's a little bit suspicious of her stepsister. And um, she had thought that um, somebody had put a curse on Luke, right? And so now she's thinking that maybe it was Marisol who put a curse on Luke. And- there was also a reason she went, they were leaving for an event and she lied and said, I need to go back to the room and get my gloves. gloves and she yeah. was searching. Um, okay, this was when I got, like, suspicious, because before she, like, so Evangeline has all these, like, kind of small evidence that she's, like, maybe Marisol's doing things, and then at one point, Marisol, like, in the carriage, she, like, falls, and she rips a flower off of um, Evangeline's dress, and that's when Evangeline's kind of like, oh, no, so then Evangeline's like, I gotta go get my gloves, so she runs back inside, and she goes through like Marisol's room and she finds these books, but they kind of sound like cookbooks. So she's like, I guess she's Yeah, and and Marisol is apparently totally afraid of magic. Like, yeah, at least, you know, like that's what she has made everybody believe is that she's like totally afraid of magic and won't touch the stuff and doesn't want to be around it and all of this stuff. And so um, when she sees these cookbooks, she's like, oh, well, she's just, you know, like cooking. Yeah, because Marisol likes to cook, and she's, like, baked Evangeline a cake and stuff like that. Yeah, but she didn't, like, open the book and look through it. She's just, like, just saw the book. Mm -hmm. And so when the prince dies in front of Evangeline, Evangeline's, like, doesn't know what's happening. She starts crying and screaming, and he had, yeah, he had started yelling at her 
before and they before were kind of like having it out before he died and then he dies and then she's just screaming and crying and then so then the guards rush in um and then she is arrested because the guards are like oh you did this the guards take her away and lock her up and, and she's, she's like crying she is like there's a literal crying there's a literal puddle on the ground because she has cried so much. So they have her like tied up in this room. And then Jax shows up. He's like, how long have you been crying like this? And she's like, I just can't stop crying. And he's like, but how long have you been crying like Well, and he tries to like tell her to stop. He like goes into her head and tells her he, to stop. he has that power where he can like tell people to feel things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, um, and it doesn't work. So he's like, this is magic. <laughs> so yeah. he tells the guards to leave. And mm-hmm. so they do. Like, and he controls the guards to leave. Yeah. With his powers. But she notices when they're walking out that they're kind of like jerky. Yeah. <laughs> like they don't want to, like they're glitching as they're walking out of the room. And she's like, that's weird. So Jax takes her, throws her over his shoulder. <laughs> I think at... I don't remember at what point, but it might have been around this point. She real she realizes, or Jax tells her that like her kisses don't actually do anything. Jax can just control people. The kisses are just like for fun to like make yeah. her have to do things. Yeah, like he, it was him the whole time that was making the prince Be in act love in her. love with her, or yeah. um, the matriarch act nice to her. Like it was him the whole time, but because he was like controlling so many people mm-hmm. his powers would like lose effect and so um that's why the matriarch like it was it started losing effect and then she just got mad and they were like okay we gotta get out of here um <laughs> after they conked her over the head <laughs> but so that's why the guards were all like jerky when he was getting them to leave is because he had been like controlling all of these people basically his brain was tired yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. so, like, he throws her over his shoulder. She's still bawling, like, soaking the back of his clothes, like, all of it. Like, he's just, like, like torrential downpour is coming out of her body. And he takes her to Lala. Lala, who turns out to be a fate. She's, like, the unwed bride or something like that, where she always wants to get married, but then she's cursed to... Whoever she's marrying will always leave her at the altar. And her tears are poison. And that's what is making her cry. And so they're like, well, who did you give these tears to? She's like, I don't know. It's been like a hundred years since I sold my tears to anybody. So who knows whose hands they would be in now. Yeah. Yeah, But their suspicion is that it was Marisol who did it. Mm -hmm. Because it's also their suspicion that, well, they're um, not suspecting her yet because at one point she um she kind of stops like she Jax is like holding this book at Lala's house and Marisol is like oh my god or I mean Evangeline is like oh my gosh my sister and they're like she's not safe like they think that I've killed the key, the prince and they were gonna you know have me in jail and now I'm missing so they're gonna go after my my stepsister like. She's not safe. And they were kind of like, what made you think of your stepsister? She was like, well, that book that you're holding, my sister has that same book. And they were like, your sister has this, this book right here. 
And she's like, yeah, my sister had that on her nightstand. And they're like, this is a bad, like, this is dark magic. <laughs> they were like, she and, should not have this book. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, well, she, there's no way she could have known that that was the book she was buying. Then like, she probably just thought it was a cookbook or whatever. And so like we find And they're like, nobody accidentally buys this book. Yeah. <laughs> like, a, this, the magic in this book is so bad that it's been banned. And that's why the cover of it looks like a cookbook because they have to hide what is inside the book. Mm-hmm. So then she starts suspecting that it was Marisol who put um, the curse on Luke to make him love her. And then she's like, well, if he did that, then like, what else is she doing? Like, is it her that's been that killed the prince? Like, is it her? All of this stuff. And so because Jax Jax is swearing, he's like, I did not kill the prince. Like, that's when he confesses that his kisses don't actually do like her kisses because of him don't actually do anything. He's like, you didn't kill the prince. I didn't kill the prince. Like something else is going on here. So then they decide that there's somebody else that they need to talk to. Um, This person named Chaos, who is also a fate, who is also apparently a vampire. Um who lives in this castle. And so Lala dresses um, Evangeline up in this like, like black leather assassin outfit is what I imagined. But, but also like with a tutu. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) it's like the lady from those vampire movies. What is that vampire movie called? Oh my gosh. What is it called? I don't know. Anyways, but she, okay. So, but she's like, it like thigh high boots and this like tutu skirt and this like cape that, doesn't really keep her warm. It's just there to make her look sexier. And so she goes with Jax, who also changes clothes, because, you know, outfit change is important. (laughs) She goes with Jax to see this chaos guy, and she realizes, um, once they're there, that she recognizes his eyes, and she's like, why do you look so familiar? And he's like, I don't know why I would look familiar. She's like, you're the guy! Like, every time she was in the the village there was this guy who would show up that she thought was a guard and he would kind of like chat with her and then he would mysteriously disappear he would warn her about something like just like a subtle warning that she was like that was weird okay yeah and she and she had noted that like you look like you should be dancing at a ball not like being like you look like you should be like that you're you're not like the normal guard kind guy like you don't really, you don't give me guard vibes. You give me like royalty vibes. And for a while, I thought that the because they talked about the prince's brother being estranged from him. Mm-hmm. So for a while, I thought that that was going to be the prince's brother who was like showing up and covertly like trying to like dissuade her from being a member of their family. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't. It was this chaos guy who apparently was sneaking into the village and giving her these weird warnings. But the so Lala was like telling her all of these things about being around vampires and how you should and shouldn't act and um, wasn't that Jax? Like, it might have been. But I don't know. I thought it was them together. Maybe. I think, no, Lala, I think before they go, they. I think before they go, they give her warnings. Like, don't look in their oh. eyes. I thought that was Jax. Like when they went there, because Lala didn't go with them, right? Oh, no, she stayed home. So, but they, yeah, so they're like, don't look in their eyes, like, don't let them get too close to you, obviously don't bleed in front of them, mm-hmm. um, and then she's like, Lala, dress me up like vampire bait, 
So <laughs> she's like, literally my entire clap goal is like exposed. My, what is it called? She did have like a different word for it, but yeah, basically anyway, her chest. Basically her entire chest and um, collarbone, like her neck, like all of it is exposed. She's like, all of those places that they say the vampires like to bite, like I am fully ready for them to bite me there. <laughs> and um, so they show up at this chaos place and he tells him basically that he was not involved. But there was a witch that came to visit. There was somebody who came to visit him. Yeah. And they needed these like three um, ingredients for a potion. Was one I, one of them vampire venom? I don't think it was vampire venom. Chaos just like knows everything that goes on. And so people go to talk to him and like oh. ask him questions about like where missing objects are, or things like that. Oh. And that's kind of what they're doing there is that they don't think that he's directly involved. I don't think maybe they just think no. that maybe he would know. Yeah, they just think who. that he would know who um, poisoned Apollo. So, and then they realize like he's like chatting with them, they're like having this conversation. Um, she looks into his eyes and she like starts to like fall under his vampire spell. And then Jack's like makes it stop. Like while he's like stalling this conversation because there's also these other like they're called changelings, but they're like pre vampires. They've been bitten and they have to bite somebody to be a full vampire. And, and they're so like locked in these cages. They're like locked mm-hmm. in these cages and they have to be able to get out of the cage and bite somebody before the sun rises. Mm-hmm. So like here's this human who's just kind of there, like available, and so he's kind of trying to like stall until somebody's able to like get out. So and Jax is like, We need to leave now. And so then because these these people are changing into vampires and he's like, We gotta go. And so then they start like running out. And they have to run through the room with all the cages in it to get away. Mm-hmm. And she realizes that Luke is one of the people in the cages. And so she's like, we have to save him. And Jax is like, why would you want to save him? He like left you at the altar or not left you at the altar. Anyways, he's like, why would you want to save him? And then Luke starts telling him that once he or telling her once he was bitten, he started regaining his memories and mm-hmm. he was actually... Put, like curse by Marisol. By, by Marisol, he was like, "It was her who did it, and all of this stuff." And I and, really loved you. And, and he's saying, "I don't want to actually be a vampire." He's like, "I just came because I was trying to find a way to heal all my scars, and I heard the vampire venom would like heal me." I think me. Marisol told him that vampire venom would cure him because. Marisol told Evangeline that like Luke refused to refused to see her after he got mauled and like wouldn't let her come over. But now Luke is saying, no, she didn't want to see me because I was mauled and I didn't look the same. And she told me I had to come get the vampire venom to heal. And so now he's stuck. He got bit. Now he's in this cage. Yeah. And Jax the whole time is like, don't listen to him. He's going to tell you whatever he needs to tell you. So that you will let him out and you're going to let him, you know, he's going to bite you if you let him out. Yeah. And I think she's not like, she's not like, oh, we're going to be together because now all of a sudden I know the truth. She's just like, I can't let him die because that's what happens, right? Like Mm -hmm. the human would die. Well, he would turn back into a human, but then the vampires would kill him anyways. That's a good point. I was wondering later on in the story, I was wondering, I was like, if they don't bite anybody... The vampires just... Oh, but then there are other vampires there. That yeah. makes sense. 
So, so yeah. they're running. She, she finds a weapon finds, or something, keys or something. Yeah, she like threw him something, like a sword or a spear, and he got himself out. They, she just threw it to him. She's like, help yourself. And then they start running again. And then she hears him get out, like the cage come down or something. She like hears it. And Jax is like, we have got to go. And so like they're running and Luke catches up to them and Jax jumps in front of her so that she doesn't get bit. But he ends up getting bit, but he like disperses of Luke. Like he doesn't he kill breaks, him. He breaks his neck. Okay. No, no, he just broke his neck because he was like, he's not dead. He's oh, a full okay. vampire okay. now. He's like, the only way you can kill a vampire is to chop off their head or to stab them in the heart. So he's like, we still have to go because he's not dead. He's just kind of like out of it right now. Okay. And, so, so- and then they run and they get to a graveyard and um, she fi- she finds out that Jack's got bit. And so now he's turning into a vampire um, because apparently immortals can do that, become more immortal. <laughs> The fates, um, the fates aren't in, aren't like they can live forever, but it is possible for them to die. Right, they're not invincible. They're right, just mortal. They they can live um, for a long time as long as nothing like happens to them. So he's turning into a vampire, and she locks him in this crypt so that he can't get out because she's like, "What's worse than regular Prince of Hearts would be like Vampire Prince of Hearts." <laughs> so she doesn't want him to turn into a vampire, and so she locks him up and. She sits outside and they're like talking. They have their heart to heart moment. Doesn't he get out? Like, yeah. So out. like he, she asks him all these questions about this girl that broke his heart or whatever, and finds out that this girl um, is the sister to the Empress. Oh, I didn't catch that. But this girl. So like the Prince of Hearts' whole thing is that he doesn't have a beating heart. That's like his legend and. The only person who could make his heart beat is his one true love. Mm-hmm. And so he's like talking about this girl or whatever. And um, he just casually mentions that like, oh, yeah, I like my heart started beating when I kissed her and she didn't die. And Evangeline's kind of like, that's a major detail. <laughs> like, hello, that's your whole thing he's like answering all these questions about this girl. And then he tries to flip the script and he's like wanting to ask about Luke. And she's like, no, I don't want to talk about Luke. And he's like, what? Like you just got to ask me all these intrusive questions about my love life. Like now you have to answer. <laughs> and he's getting like really annoyed with her and stuff. And she, um, she's like, you're not gonna like get out and like kill me or whatever. And so then he like throws her the dagger and she doesn't take it. And then he like crushes the locks. Like it's nothing. And he gets out and he's like on the verge of like biting her. He's like licking her neck. <laughs> Which is weird. Like she's just standing there like, are you going to bite me? Like, <laughs> But then the sun comes up and he didn't bite anybody. So he's not a vampire. It was really well, weird. And then scene. they pretend like none of that ever happened. <laughs> and you know what? Whenever we get to a scene like this in the book, I'm always sitting at like the coffee shop. <laughs> Like, listening while they're making my drink. And it's always, like, they get, like, a 30-second blurb. And it's, like, he licked my neck with one long <laughs> Man, these people, they, they must think some things about me. <laughs> they're, like, wow, she's just 
It's always <laughs> your romance novels. It's always the best part that they get to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky them. <laughs> And anyway, so yeah, so now he's like totally exhausted because he didn't turn into a vampire and there's like a price for not choosing to have that power. And They're like talking, her and Jax. I don't know exactly when this is. It's after the graveyard though. But she's talking to him about how um, Luke was under the love spell from Marisol and Jax was like, he could have broken it. And she's like, what are you even talking about? Oh yeah, like if he wanted to. And he's like, if he had really loved you... The spell would have been broken. I've seen it happen. Because she's she's still upset that he, like, broke, that Jax broke Luke's neck. And um, she's feeling guilty that, like, all of this led to him being here and turning into a vampire. So she finds out that Luke never actually really loved her. Which isn't that surprising because, really, like, Luke's was, I mean... Evangeline wasn't, like, bottom of the barrel. Like, her dad had several businesses, and he had, like, some money. And But Luke was just still higher up on the kind of social ladder than she was. And nobody knew that they were dating. They were were dating in secret. And so it's not that surprising that, like, he wasn't really in love with her because he didn't tell anybody about her. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so she's now carrying Jax and she's trying to get back to Lala's apartment, but she can't really remember where it is. Oh, wait, there's, hold on, hold on. We missed some spots because Evangeline realizes that she's like a magical key. Like she realizes that because she, when she's trying to lock Jax up, he told her that he needed to draw her blood. Yeah. She used her blood to open the lock. To open the lock. And all she had to do was, like, cut her hand and then touch the lock and then say, open, please. And it, like, opens. And she's like, that's weird. Like, I'm not even, like, anyway, she finds out that she's, like, this magical key. And she had been in the library, I think, trying to get more information about the Valors. And there was um, nothing in the library about the Valors. And, like, Is the- it this when she was in Jack's apartment, though? I don't think so, because she wouldn't have been allowed to just, like, wander around the castle because she was a fugitive. I think this was when she was living in the castle and they had like the big castle library. And then the person that she asked, she's like, is there any information about the Valor? I think it was after she went to see the matriarch and the matriarch had mentioned the Valors and now Uh-oh. she's curious about the Valors. So she goes to like the castle library and she can't find anything. And so she asked the person working there and they're like, oh, well, that's going to be over here behind this door that nobody's been able to get into for hundreds of years and she's like oh that sucks and then so she leaves and so now like now that she knows that she's like this magical lock she starts to kind of or magical key she starts to kind of think that maybe like she's putting all the pieces together like the archway at the matriarch's house was talking to her saying you could have opened me too um and she's like figuring out that not everybody hears the walls talking to them (laughs) like it's just her. And um, so then she decides that she's going to go back to the castle, right? Like, Well, no. So first she's trying to find Lala's apartment with Jax. And she ends up into this other area, into this other room or apartment or whatever. And she's trying to keep Jax awake because she's like, I can't. He like keeps trying to fall asleep. 
And she's like, I can't carry him. So he needs to be awake until we get somewhere safe. Yeah. And they're yeah. walking through this town and it's morning. So people are starting to come up and she has wanted posters all over the place. And people are kind of recognizing her. And she's like, I really just need to get inside. And then she hears this bell ringing. Yeah. There's this bell like freaking out over in the corner somewhere and she's like i guess i should go over there <laughs> yeah so then she ends up into this room and while she's like Jax has fallen asleep and so she's looking around it's like an office she just, type like, thing. curls up on the couch i just imagine like this little boy like this man child <laughs> boy like oh i'm home like just like <laughs> curling up on the couch and so she's like looking around and there's this like letter that she had written to jackson it's on this desk and she's like realizing that like they are in Jack's office slash apartment. Yeah. And there's like this whole wall of books. And um, she notices the book that her mom always read to her. And she's like, I want to know the ending. And so she like tries to like read the, like grab this book. And then she noticed she opens it, but it wasn't the real book inside. Right. I think the, la- the ending was ripped out, but as she was like holding the book, she kept dropping it for a while and couldn't like get it open. But she finally does, and the pages are all ripped out of the back. So she can't read the end of the story anyways. Bummer. So, well, so like, she's in Jax's office house room. Somehow she gets a paper, like a newspaper. And it says, the cursed bride and the new crown prince. So her, now her stepsister. Oh, yeah, stepsister. I keep calling her sister-in-law. Her stepsister <laughs> is now engaged to be married to... Her brother-in-law. Right, the prince's brother. And she's like, that's curious. Like, <laughs> Yeah. She's like, huh, she already cursed Luke to marry her. Now she's cursed the other brother to marry her. Yeah, because the newspaper says it was love at first sight. They're engaged to be married tomorrow. Like, it has been a grand <laughs> total of, what, like two and a half days yeah. since her wedding. And her husband's death. His and mother. the death of her husband, the, the prince, who is, like, it's just all just very weird. So she feels like she has to go and, like, save, right? Yeah. She wants to She wants to prove that Marisol is doing all of this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what are the chances that there's going to be, like, a spell book? The, the one spell book that I need is, like, going to be here. And, but she she looks around and she happens to find, like, a love potion spell. She finds the book again. Which, by the way, the book that is was mistaken as a cookbook, but is actually a potions book, is called Recipes of the Ancient North, translated for the first time in 500 years. So it, like, looks like a cookbook. It sounds like a cookbook, but it's a the book. most dangerous spell book you could have. And then she also sees these flavored waters that make you feel things on Jax's desktop. So she like drinks one. She drinks curiosity. Yeah. And then she's like, that tastes disgusting. But um, she can't stop drinking it. She's still curious. <laughs> <laughs> so she like hatches this plan that she's going to make a potion or whatever, I guess. Well, so she looks in the book for the love potion because she's like, okay, I need to figure out how to undo this. She reads it. She reads about, like, the different things that you could use to make this love potion. And, like, there's three different candle options depending on, like, how much you want the person to fall in love with you or whatever. Um, There's a ton of warnings with this spell that's, like, you really shouldn't, you really should not do this spell. 
So then at the bottom it says uh, oftentimes, like, it says rarely does the spell ever break itself, but oftentimes if people who cast the spell or use the potion, whatever, they often regret it because it's not what they were hoping for. So to, like, reverse the spell, it says turn to page whatever, and you'll have the antidote. And so she, like, quickly... Well, so she finds this uh, for the serum for truths, and it says truth is often bitter, particularly when a person has been tasting more enjoyable lies. To remedy, you will, or to remedy, you will need to erase the sweet taste of falsehood. So she decides to brew this potion to to make the basically to make the prince tell himself the truth about how he really feels about Marisol. And then it's it says that there are side effects if the person tries to tell a lie. And basically, you'll know if the spell is working if the person is getting tired or is getting dizzy. So she hatches this plan and she tries to wake Jax so that he can like participate, but he's not waking up. So she's like, I can't wait. Because they're going to get married soon. So she writes him a note, tells him where she's going. And then um, she goes and she breaks into the castle, like through a secret passage, I guess. The same way, the same way that her and Jax escaped is her way in now. And then Marisol shows up, right? Yeah, so she yeah. goes into the prince's room. She puts the drink on oh, no, his, like, bar. Oh, she meets Marisol in the hallway. Yeah, so she puts the drink Marisol on the bar. She's trying to get out. And then that's when Marisol walks up is when she's trying to leave. And then Marisol's like, hurry, quick, I'll save you. They all want to, like, capture you. you yeah, she's like, my guards are coming. They're right behind me. Like, you need to hurry up and you need to get into my room. And she's like, well, I was just trying to leave. Um... <laughs> Plus, I don't trust you. You're yeah, so they person. get into the room, and Marisol is like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't believe you're here. I'm so excited, whatever. And she just eventually just kind of looks at her like, why are you helping me? <laughs> well, Evangeline basically tells her that I know what you've been doing. Like, I know these things. And she's like, you're, you're confused. You're upset. You're all of these things. She's trying to gaslight her. She's like, I know you have a cookbook that like a spell book that looks like a cookbook. She's like, it's not what you think. And then all of a sudden, like they start talking about Luke and Tiberius, which is the prince's this brother's brother. Name. And Evangeline's like, you stole the boy I loved. Yeah, Evangeline like calls her out and says she knows that she knows she knows about the curse she, that Marisol put on Luke, but Marisol makes it kind of sound like not that she did it to like be. She's mean like to Evangeline, Evangeline always gets what she wants, and I never yeah. get what I want, and so this was me getting what I wanted. Yeah, and so Evangeline kind of like feels bad for Marisol, and she also goes on about how um, wasn't her mom's name Agnes? I think so. Right. So she's going off about how Agnes um, has just always never made her feel like she was enough. And she basically tells her this whole sob story. And, like, the reason she picked Luke was because Luke loved Evangeline so much that uh, Marisol, like, wanted that same love. And so she was like, well, Luke, if that's how Luke loves, then he'll be able to love me that way. And so Evangeline is, like, feeling sorry for her because she's like, oh, man, like, Evangeline believes in love at first because um, that's what her parents have always taught her. And she's like, Agnes has never taught Marisol like any sort of love or any sort of confidence in herself or anything like that. She's just been put down her whole life. And that's what's led her to make this choice. And so she feels like sorry for her stepsister. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then her stepsister says, I never meant to hurt you. And Evangeline's like, but wait. 
you stole the person I loved, and <laughs> then you framed me for murder. Like, how are those the actions of somebody who's not trying to hurt somebody? Yeah. Like, that doesn't and, make any sense. Yeah. And um, Marisol's like, I didn't. She's like, I did curse Luke. She's like, I 100% admit that I did that. But she's like, I didn't do anything to the prince. I didn't do anything beyond Luke. And, um, and like, the reason she was, like, trying to undo it was because... One of the things, one of the like side effects of using this love potion was ruined weddings. So the wolf that attacked Luke, which she finds out, is not because of um, Jax. Jax, like Jax was saying. It was because of this, it was a side effect of this love potion. And so then Marisol was like, he needed to just go because he was never going to stop loving me. But we couldn't get married. It was going to get ruined every single time. Mm-hmm. So then... Evangeline feels like, oh, well, she just divulged this secret with me about the potion for Luke. She's like, I think I can tell her what I have done to, like, affect things. And she's like, I'm the reason that your wedding was ruined the first time because I went and made a deal with a fate. And Marisol just loses it. She's like... She, like, (laughs) totally turns into a wicked person. Yeah, she's like, you did what? Yeah, she's like, why would you do that? And Evangeline's like, whoa, like, we we both did something wrong here. And Marisol's like, this is different. You talked to a fate. You made a deal. You did all these awful things. And so then she calls for the guards to come in. And then she says that she confessed to murdering the prince and, like, totally blatantly lies. Like, not even, like... I don't feel safe with this person. If she like blatantly lies, like now she's like wants her dead. I'm like, I, Oh yeah. And so then the prince also comes in because his room is just across the hall from uh, Marisol's and he takes Evangeline and he's like, I'm going to question her in my room. And the guards were like, well, why are you going to do that? But he makes the choice to, and so it's just Tiberius and Evangeline in his room and, and then like, the prince's guard, the um, Apollo's guard. Who but I think they eventually all leave. And it's just, it's just the two of them in the room. And then she's got this potion that she put on his bar. And she's like, man, I really need him to drink that. But I can't, like, suggest it because that's suspicious. And he, like, gets over there and he's like, oh, man, I hate these drinks. I'm going to outlaw these as soon as I can. And he sets it down and she's like, oh, crap. Like, he's not going to drink it. But it's called curiosity, and so he again like is just curious, and he drinks it. He's like, "This is so gross," but it's not really the curiosity drink; it's the truth serum. And so then he's like talking to her, and he like admits that he killed his brother. So Tiberius admits though that he didn't; it, he wasn't trying to kill his brother. He was trying to kill her. And she's like, mm-hmm. "Well, and he's going to go and like he's trying to kill her," and she's like trying to like figure out how to get out of this and she's like your brother wouldn't want you to kill me like have your guards do it and he's like okay and (laughs) so he calls his guards back in and he's like kill her and he goes to leave and she's like wait you have to tell them like what i'm being sentenced for and he's trying to say like you're being trying to lie yeah trying to lie to say that she had killed his brother and he like can't get the words out of his mouth and she's like you can't say it can you you can't say that I killed your brother. And um, she like tells them that she had given him a true serum. And that's why he can't lie about her killing his brother. And so then he admits. But wait, so he's like drinking the true serum and he's like scratching himself and he pulls down his shirt a little bit. And she notices a tattoo of like a symbol. And oh, she's yeah. like, what is that? 
and um, he says that it's like the symbol of the protector or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's basically this group of people. We hear about them a little bit earlier in the story, but it's basically this group of people who have been charged with the task of keeping the valor history a secret and keeping like this door that Jax is trying to open locked because like Uh, there's some nobody knows what's in this door but it's like some sort of monster some sort of yeah it's either a monster or it's like like riches it could be be just really bad or it could be really good but they're like the really bad kind of outweighs the possibility um, of really good it could be and so um it's either the end of the world or jewels so (laughs) they're like they're like well we'll just keep the end of the world locked away just in case uh, and so there's this whole group of people who have been tasked with protecting this thing. And so apparently Tiberius, right? Yeah, yeah. is one of them. Is one of these people. Um, and so he, yeah, he's like, you have to die because of the prophecy where all the only two lines that Evangeline knew was her hair and then the being a peasant and a princess. But there's more to it. the rest, doesn't he? Yeah, so it's like, a person who is conceived in the North, but lives in the South. And she's like, well, I don't know where I was conceived at, but maybe my parents knew this prophecy. And they knew that once I was born with this pink hair, they knew that like people couldn't know that Uh where I was like my origin story. And so she's like, that's a possibility that I was conceived in the North, but lives in the South. And then there's the rose gold hair. And then there's the peasant peasant princess. And then it was somebody who was innocent, but wrongly accused, which she was. She was accused of murdering the prince, but um, never actually did that. And then, like, the final line was, and then gives their blood willingly. So, like, the whole idea behind these prophecies was that these these magical people had sealed this door shut. And they're like, okay, what is, like, the least probable thing that would ever happen? And so they're like, the person who can open this door will have all of these attributes. And they felt like this person is like so improbable (laughs) to have existed that, um, that the door was safely sealed for it. And then, and then not even that this person was so improbable, but that this person who meets all of these requirements would even know that they were able to open the door. Like, so many things would have to fall into place for this person to be at this door willing to give their blood to open it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so that's why it's like just all of these weird things. And then she's like, okay, well, that's me. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's why Jax wanted me. And that's why all of these things. And and, um, and so her, like what she sees as her saving grace is she's like, I will never willingly give my blood. Like you don't have to worry about it. Like I can live. I'll never willingly give my blood and therefore this door will never be opened. And so then that's when he calls in the guards and they're going to kill her. And he, then he admits that he killed the prince. So, and then he started crying and then they both were crying and then they start taking Tiberius away. And Marisol's like, what's going on? And then, um, because of the truth, because the truth came out of him, it um, replaced the love potion that she had given him. And he was like, if I ever see you again, I'll kill you. And so then um, then Marisol's like, no, wait, but <laughs> you're, I love you. I love you. 
So she's like set free and she's like instantly she goes from like prisoner to princess in like seconds. <laughs> she was moved to a royal suite that was not her husband's suite, wasn't her brother, her brother-in-law's suite, wasn't married. Like it was untainted is what they said. Royal suite. Um, and then everybody all of a sudden wanted to fuss over her because she was now not a fugitive and not a murderer. Right, like she just instantly went from prisoner to princess. Everybody loved her. Everyone helped her. I don't know how long she was like in the castle. She was like walking through the halls after this and somebody like shows up behind her who's like it's kind of looks guard. like it's the prince's guard. That's who it was. It's been like a week of her like trying to rule by herself cuz she's Apollo's wife, so she's like in charge now. And then this so this person shows up behind them behind her like one day in the hallway and she's like we so this whole time she's wondering where we Dax is this. Like, well so this whole time that she's been a fugitive apollo's body had like gone missing yeah and so this person shows up and they're like we have apollo and they no. wait wait <laughs> no she one day she's doing her thing and they tell her her guards come and they're like, somebody wants to, is like at the door and wants to talk to you. And she's like, okay. She thinks it's Jax. So she's on her way down there. They're kind of having their like mind moments. And she realizes it is Jax come to like talk to her. And as she's on her way there, Havelock, who is Apollo's guard set is like, Oh, I'll take you to Jax. But then she realizes that he's starting to take her like down a hallway and down some stairs. And then another person comes up. And um, I don't remember their name. Well, she but, realizes um, Jack's like, not there at first because Jax is like, they take her to a room and she's like, where are you? And Jax is like, I am waiting for you. Where are you? And then, and then these people yeah. start showing up and telling her. Um, yeah. And they like open a hatch in the floor and they're like, we have something to show you. And she's got Jax's uh, like dagger and so she's like ready to fight them. But then they both go down into the floor and she's like, okay, I guess I'll follow them. And then she goes down into this uh, basement area where they have Apollo like just laying out on a table. Yeah. And they're like, and he looks like he's dead. Him to keep him safe. Like basically real fast before he was dead, somebody did a spell or something to keep him like in a state of just like they paused him basically. And they've been trying to revive him, but they haven't been able to. Um, they think that her kiss will wake him up. So one of the girls' name is Fedra, Fedra of the Damned. She's a witch, I think. She says, I'm rather famous in some circles for having special talents. I can steal the secrets that people take to their graves. Havelock here thought if I paid our prince's corpse a visit, I might learn of some of his secrets, including who killed him. Um, but Apollo didn't have any secrets. He's apparently just, you know... An open book. You know how people who lounge on railings are. Yeah, you know. You know the, or maybe he just didn't know anything because nobody trusted, like nobody took him seriously. That's what I would think. But it says whatever toxin was used on him didn't kill him. It put him in a suspended state and it pauses life. Um, and somehow she finds out, I don't know if she finds out or she puts all the pieces together, but she's like, she started to trust Jax thinking that he was like, a misunderstood. Yeah. 
Yeah, and she was like, we're not friends, but we're not enemies. After, especially after spending, she's like, nobody would spend the night helping somebody not become a vampire if they were enemies. Right. She's in there with Apollo's body, and she comes to the realization that the only person who's going to be able to help him is Jax. But she's also kind of putting together that Jax kind of made her into this person who could open the door. Like, all of these things are happening favor of Jack's being able to open this door and so she, right. her mistrust in him is growing even more yeah so like all in this one moment she's like she realizes that she got brought to the north and Apollo proposed to her so that then she would fill, fill the line of peasant to princess and mm-hmm. He made it so that she was accused of murder, which made her the wrongly accused per like he put these acts into place that made her fulfill all these lines, and that he was the only person who was going to be able to get Apollo out of this state that he was in, and she was like, he's not going to do that for free right and she realizes that he was going to ask her to willingly give up her the blood so that they could open this gate. That was going to be what his trading, that's what he would want to trade. Yeah. And so then she's mad at herself. She's like, I've been sitting here worried that Jax has been like in this enchanted sleep because I haven't heard from him for days and I'm not a fugitive anymore. And so I'm not in hiding. So he could have just come here like looking for me and he hasn't. And she, he knew that Apollo wasn't dead. And so he was meant to, like, keep Apollo to himself, but then Apollo's body went missing, and these other people have it now, and they have a plan to wake him up and all of this stuff. And so now she's like, Jax is not her friend. And then it says, hold on, you think we're, like, going to keep going, right? Because it seems like the story's not over yet, but just wait. Because then it says, a door in the castle mysteriously opens. And then... That's the end of the story. <laughs> like not only it's like it was like the wood was creaking and the hinges were getting excited or whatever, and then the lion on the door like smiled. And she like she pledges to herself that she's not gonna use Jax to wake him up, that she was gonna go and find her own way to wake Apollo up. I was so mad. So that she didn't so that she didn't have to give her blood. And then this door in the castle that hasn't been opened for years or whatever, hundreds of years, starts to, like, wake, wake up. itself up. I was so mad. As soon as they finished the That's book, the end of it. I was like, that's the worst cliffhanger. This isn't even, like, this isn't even, like, <laughs> this story kind of wrapped up. And then there's, like, a little bit of a teaser that makes you want to read the next book. Like, this was a full-on there's like be more hit the breaks. <laughs> like it was like yeah. chapters. Like did somebody rip out my pages in my book? Like <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, this is the worst kind of ending. It's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> and then like I listened to the audiobook as I do. And um okay, so as far as like a story and the book and all of that, like I would give it a four out of five. Like I thought it was a good book. I was into, I was sucked into the story, you know, like I liked the character, the development was good. Like it was, it's good writing, but the audiobook, like <laughs> the voices that the lady uses, I'm just like, why is Jack's like, why does Jack's have that voice? Like why? Or like the prince is like, 
has this, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the voices threw me off though. It wasn't as bad as the night circus though, where like, it was like this British guy trying to do like, <laughs> like it wasn't that bad. Like I do like it when um, women narrate books better than men, because I feel like women can make their voices deeper easier than a man can make their voices like a higher pitch like it feels more natural <laughs> when a woman tries to do a deeper voice than when a man tries to do a high-pitched woman's voice but mm-hmm. um but or some of the descriptions of things like were funny like her descriptions of smells she's like oh it smelled like luck and rain and true love i'm like that doesn't help me understand. <laughs> Some of the not- descriptions one of the one of the descriptions for the drinks that she tried was like burnt mushrooms or something. It was there was something really weird where I was like, how do you even know what that would <laughs> taste like? Right. Like this is not explaining to me how this tastes or smells. There are just some things like I would never drink something and be like, huh, that tastes like slug slime. Like (laughs) that's not a reference to a taste for me. Like (laughs) there's just some things that I would that she was describing these drinks as, and I'm just like, how? How do you know that that's what that tastes like? Yeah. Like, I don't remember exactly what it smells like when she walked into the party, she like described how it smelled and it was like, it was not descriptive words. It was like nouns. It was like, she was describing (laughs) smells with nouns. Like it, it smelled like mountainside and true love's kiss. And I'm like, how does it smell? How does it smell? I I want to know. <laughs> I I would give this book a four. I like I said, I really thought in the beginning like this was gonna be like a Cinderella type of this girl, her parents were are both dead. She's living with her stepmom and her stepsister. Her stepmom was awful. And so I was like, oh geez, like this is really just gonna be like a Cinderella thing. And it didn't turn out to that. And so then I was happy. And, like, reading through all the things and, like, they were friends. Marisol and Evangeline, like, were friends or whatever. And then I have, I always struggle, like, any time a story or a movie or whatever is, like, heavy into, like, one thing. Like, this was heavy into magic and witches and stuff. And then they try to throw in another mystical character, like vampires. And so, like, I sometimes I just feel, like, especially um, on TV shows, like, when I was watching Vampire Diaries for the first time. And then it's like, CW is infamous for this. Like, but yeah, and it's like, oh, here's this whole storyline about vampires, and like, oh, we're struggling to keep it going. So throw in another mystical creature. (laughs) Yeah, and so I was like reading the story, and it's like, oh, witches and this prophecy and whatever. And then it was like vampires, and I was like, oh, geez, like, (laughs) do we? But then like the vampires disappeared, and I was like, okay, that's. That's fine. We got through it. CW is so bad about that with their shows. Like, I started watching Archie, and at first it was just, like, a mystery show, right? Like, it was Archie, or you were watching Riverdale? 
That. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I thought the same thing. And I was like, well, maybe this is a different show. No, okay. Sorry, Riverdale's comics, a wild thing. Comics. Okay, so Riverdale started- really just jumps off at one point. <laughs> they go real deep. And at first it was really interesting because it was just like they were trying to solve this murder with this right. serial killer. And then all of a sudden it was like magic and magical powers and people have magical powers and alternate like universes. And now the universes are colliding and like, I'm like, how did this fall off? Yeah. The like I, I really, with that one, I like think I got two seasons in and I was like, this has got wild and... <laughs> I'm done following it. With like Sabrina the Teenage Witch and um, yeah, because those those two like towns are canonically next to each other. So in the TV show, they decided that they would interact with each other. Yeah, I'm just like I was so. I still (laughs) watched it. I'm not gonna lie, I still watched it. No. So yeah, no, but like, and I. This is gonna sound funny. The Disney movie Zombies. Uh huh. Like the first one. (laughs) With zombies. The second one they added in werewolves. The third one they threw in aliens. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay, like if you don't have a storyline, then you don't have a storyline. Like you don't gotta add in new creatures to like pull your story further. But yeah, so I always figured out like Addison's origin story. I feel like we can be done with the zombies now because now we know where Addison yeah. came from, and I feel like that was the whole thing, anyway. Issue, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so I always just struggle, like, if you have to throw in new a new mystical creature to, like, keep your story going, that's always kind of hard. Like, I feel like they could have gone to chaos. He could have been, like, the fate of the underworld or something. Like, I don't know. We didn't have to have vampires. But <laughs> other than those... There could have been like, another way that Luke had been... Um, but then I guess that would have made Luke, like, evil. Like, how would Luke... Well, have- no, like... You could have had the same story of, like, if Chaos was, like, the ruler of the underworld or the fate of the underworld or whatever, and Luke had heard that, like, he had the powers or he had something that could help him, and now he was, like, trapped in this scenario where they're trying to take his soul. Like, I mean, you could have done it without saying they were vampires. I don't know. Maybe the vampires will make more sense, like, in the next book. Well, I know um, this book... So this is the second series that the author wrote. And I know that the other series takes place in the same universe and has some of the same characters that this book has. So it might make more sense that like vampires live in this other story. Hmm. And then they just kind of made an appearance in this story. So I don't know how those like two stories interact with each other. Focus Pocus 3 is going to have vampires. <laughs> No. It's going to be witches and vampires. You just wait. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, otherwise, I thought it was a really good book. And if I ever have the time in my life, I might read the second one. I would say it was probably the best book that we've read so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other books, we've really, we really tried to like branch out and like read some other things. It didn't work well for us. We, didn't work. We, just, we like what we like, apparently. <laughs> And to be honest, like, even this book is, um, for me, a lot cleaner of a story than I normally (laughs) would read. Um, I do still read a lot of books with, like, magic and all of that stuff in it, but um, there's usually a lot of cursing, and it's a... 
what do you guys call it? It's a lot spicier. 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 <laughs> Kelly so. just learned that word. I did. Word I in, in the book world. Well, we were talking about <laughs> a book and we were like, I don't know if it's too spicy for the book cast. And Kelly's like, what do you mean? What does it mean to be spicy? spicy? What are these What's words? Spicy? She's like, what is a spicy book? And then I said, sexual. <laughs> That's so if you are also wondering, listening to this podcast, wondering what a spicy book is. Now you know. There's people online who rate the spiciness by putting uh, pepper yeah. emojis. Okay. <laughs> so if it's like four red peppers, it's a super spicy super book. Super spicy. <laughs> I would say most of my books that I read are about a four. Maybe like a three and a half. Most of them. One of these days, I'm going to make you guys read Fever. Mom also wants me to read Fever. <laughs> I've never heard of Fever. She keeps telling me to read Fever. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm the one who made Mom read it, okay? So hmm. I'm the one who made Mom read it. But Mom doesn't like the, the older books. Not the older books. The newer books. Like, as it gets through the story and then it, like, branches off from the first set of main characters and then now it's trying to make a second set of main characters. Um, I stopped reading for a while and so I haven't actually read the books after that. Um, Not that I wouldn't want to, I just haven't. And so I just, I stopped reading um, big books (laughs) for a while. I felt a little bit overwhelmed outlander which is like my all-time favorite story of forever i haven't even finished those books because it started being emotionally um draining for me to read the books because it was just like oh like these characters are just going through so much and i'm like i can't do it i can't (laughs) i can't do it so i have to be in a mental state to read certain things to be able to like process it but for sure, if anybody is listening, and Brenna, you know who you are, is always asking me for book recommendations. I already told her she needs to read the Fever series. Um, so if anybody's looking for a spicy, really good series, Fever series is it. Karen Marie Monty. Anyways, my plug is over. Anyways, Miranda, what <laughs> did you think of this book? Um, I would put it out of out of four too. I I really enjoy like fantasy mystery type of stories and that just like keep what is it not evolving I guess evolving opening up as you keep going through the story so I've already started the second book if you were wondering it take it starts like a day after this book ends so it's literally like the story just keeps going (laughs) I would say the one thing literally the one thing that would that made me mad was the way it ended I don't like being forced to do things I don't like being told what to do and the way this book ended, it's like, you literally can't not read the second book. Like, you can't. Yeah. There is, it doesn't end in a way that, like, wraps everything up in a bow. And then it's not like when, um, when a movie has a cliffhanger and it ends the story, but then they're, like, give you, like, a tease of how it could possibly keep going. It wasn't like that. It was like, no. there should have been more chapters. <laughs> I'm feeling this this book is like structured weirdly because at the beginning of the story it feels like the story is ending 
And then the middle of the story is the beginning of the story, and the end of the story is the middle of the story. And you have to keep going. <laughs> yeah, but it is still all chronological. Like it's like yeah. it's not like it's it's just I don't know. It's a good book. It's a good book. But it's a good story. It was really well written. It was a lot easier to read than other things. Well, we already know we're simple-minded, Kelly. We are very simple-minded. <laughs> we were the book reviews online made that very clear that we were simple-minded. For the girls' weekend, the girls' weekend just kind of opened it up and let us know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is December's book? December's book is speaking of spicy books. So I've been hearing a lot about Colleen Hoover, Colleen Hoover, and apparently she is well known for writing spicy books, but I picked um, November 9 um, by Colleen Hoover, which is rated like um, on Goodreads, it, the genres were listed as young adult, but also chick literature, which chick literature is another way to say spicy. Um, So I'm thinking maybe it's like, a one chili pepper, maybe a two, since it's also young adult. I can't imagine it would be like a four or five. I don't know. I don't know. It could be. You don't know. Maybe I'm <laughs> underestimating people's uh, young adult expectations. We'll check back with you on Instagram <laughs> once we actually start reading the book. I'll um, let you know. But the book is, I'll tell you what it's about as soon as I can find like a synopsis of it. Uh, so this is a standalone contemporary romance novel. It says Fallon meets Ben, an aspiring novelist, the day before her scheduled cross-country move. Their untimely attraction leads them to spend Fallon's last day in Los Angeles together. And her eventful life becomes a creative inspiration Ben has always sought for his novel. Over time, and amidst the various relationships and tribulations of their own separate lives, they continue to meet on the same day every year, which would be November 9th, until one day Fallon becomes unsure if Ben has been telling her the truth or fabricating a perfect reality for the sake of the un, uh, the ultimate plot twist. Can Ben's relationship with Fallon, and simultaneously his novel, be considered a love story if, it's end, if it ends in heartbreak? He sounds like a creeper. Well, read the book and find out. So yes, that is the uh, book that we will be reading through December, which we find ironic that we're reading November 9th in December, but that's okay. Um, and you can find a link to purchase your own copy on our website. We would love it if you wanted to support us and buy your copy through our link. Um, also, like, follow, and share. <laughs> Subscribe. Subscribe. Hit that bell. Turn your notifications on. <laughs> no, <we're not> YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so this it will. So we've officially been doing it for six months now, right? Uh, at the end of December, it'll be well, no, because so I first... picked the first book. So we've gone to through two cycles oh. of people picking books. How exciting! Yeah, so we've been doing it for six months. We've really enjoyed this. I, hopefully, I mean, we've been getting more and more views every month. So hopefully, y'all are enjoying us. So, yeah, we would just, you know, if you want to support us and buy your <laughs> Share us book with your friends. Through our link. We would love it. We'd love to have new friends. We don't have any friends except for each other. So, 
kidding. That's <laughs> kidding to any actual friends who are listening to this who might be offended by that. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, we will see you. Oh, well, we're not going to see you, but we will be back. You'll hear us. <laughs> We will be back next month. We're like so professional at this, you guys. We're so good. We're going to be better. Miranda's got a plan. Uh, I've got a plan for music intro. I can't save you from the ending. (laughs) Unless you want me to type out a script, which I did do for my other podcast. I need to figure something out when you come up for Christmas of like. Ooh, maybe we can do a podcast all together in the same room. Well, that would make um, audio easier. Uh, I don't know. But it would be uh, interesting. <laughs> we could do a, a, a surprise halfway through the month podcast. I feel like the vibes change when you're all in the same room. Oh, no, for sure. Probably we'd have a lot more giggle fits. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if we had, like, children running in and out of the room all the time. It would be fun. Anyways, <laughs> enjoy your month. Enjoy December. Enjoy November 9. Enjoy the books. <laughs> Just enjoy life. <laughs> bye. Okay, bye. Bye.